When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. First Tripe Supper on the first day of the 2017-18 Championship season, well the first the first Monday after the first game of the season. Uh, John O'Phil, you, you were at Molyneux on, on Saturday, obviously not the ideal start, it was a bit of an odd game wasn't it, probably a nil-nil written all over it, obviously, other than that other than that error. Um, John, I'll start with yourself, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, odd was the, was probably the right word, I thought that, as you said, it, it, was, it looked like the first day of the season and it, it very much kind of looked like... Preston away, I thought, in, in the start of 2015-16, there was pretty much nothing in it. Wolves shaded the possession without ever hurting Borough, without laying a glove on Borough. Um, yeah, and, and it was just a mistake, which was uncharacteristic, but unfortunate. Um, I think Gary Monk, who was telling afterwards that he wasn't too downbeat, was he, in the, in the press room? He perhaps a little bit frustrated, um, but I think we spoke in the car about it, and it, you're probably about right that maybe that Augsburg game... Uh, the final kind of pre-season game where it all seemed to click uh, in the final third, that kind of lulled us into a false sense of um, expectation really, because it is early days and so much has changed this summer. Um, the front three never really got going. I thought Son Belonga did well considering the lack of service he had, um, but it's early days. I mean, still, you know, there's no alarm bells going off, but there's plenty for for Gary Monk to ponder moving forward. Phil, I thought that it, it emphasised the importance of the fullbacks to the system. Christian Friend, when they started getting forward in the second half, Borough, Borough started looking uh, more threatening, and also kind of the missing link, whoever it is who's dropping in, so Braithwaite, for example, who was excellent, wasn't he, against Augsburg, but just struggled to get into the game, which probably had a lot to do with the fact that Ruben Neves just ran the show didn't he in the, in the middle of the park for Wolves they're, they're going to be key positions aren't they yeah I think they are I think what we have to say is that there's two teams on the pitch and I thought Wolves were good on the day you know they've had a similar kind of build up to Middlesbrough the, the, the town's buzzing around the new signings and the new manager and the fact that they're spending a bit of money it was a sell out crowd we thought it could go one of two ways that, that they would struggle to either cope with the pressure or they would they would feed off it and I think they fed off it I think they were good they're a big strong team and I think Middlesbrough struggled to create against them you know the, the front three Found found it very difficult to, to find room to play, and I thought I think Wolves had done the homework from the previous week. They must have had tapes of the Augsburg match. They probably had scouts there watching the game as well. Um, I think I think he, he, he absolutely suggest that you know maybe Borough were a little bit underprepared just in terms of the amount of time they've had to use that system in an active game. The one one run out against Augsburg isn't a huge amount, is it? And I think it's interesting that Gary Monk changed systems so dramatically from a very very orthodox four two three one that he used through pre season in the first four matches to that new system which is like a three four three or four one two three however you want it depending whether in possession or not. So big call from him. I agree totally that the full-backs are instrumental. And, you've got, you know, and you've got Adam Clayton who drops back to make up a three-man defence when Burr are in possession, doesn't he? Um, so, a lot to work on. But, uh, you know, 
Will he use that system for the rest of the season? You know, is it, we know that he wants wide players, don't we? We know he wants Ojo, and we know we know that Borough are probably lacking orthodox wide players. So maybe it's a, this current system is there. I know three four three is the vogue formation, isn't it, at the moment? You know, it's everyone's using it. Um, I wonder if he'll, in the back of his mind, only be using it until he gets one or two more additions in those attacking positions. I thought it was, I, I thought it was interesting that Sombolonga seemed to relish the challenge. Uh, he was big, he was powerful, strong, could have had a goal. Uh, Braithwaite, on the other hand, didn't really enjoy the best of um, games. He missed a great chance. Although, as you say, he was really good against Augsburg. So, um, look, it's the first game. Let's not panic. I thought Wolves were good. Borough on another day would have got a nil-nil draw or a one-one draw. Um, you know, those first opening games are always a little bit cagey, aren't they? You know, Borough haven't got the greatest record at the start of the season. You know, it's it, 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 it's 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 got the game out of the system. I just wonder. Finally, my thoughts on that is whether Middlesbrough are a game shy going. We're, we're a game shy going into that. I think there's a case to be made that a couple of the players look leggy at one point. Uh, and I go back to my point about they didn't have a lot of chance to get used to that system. Just the one run out against Augsburg. So I wouldn't be. I would, you know, I wouldn't panic. Maybe one more game would have been nice going into that match. You talked all there about the kind of system. Uh, Come, you just know it. You talk about the the system and, and and whether his hand was forced. I mean, the the bench told told you all you needed to know, really, didn't it? You had on the bench, you had two defenders, two central midfield players, and two strikers. No attacking midfielder, no winger. Probably telling that Adama Traore wasn't included. There was certainly no word that that he was injured. He didn't come off the bench against Augsburg, did he? When when Gaston Ramirez had done, which mm. shows that he's got. Some way back, it was Bamford showed. I thought when he came on, he 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 kind of showed the vision, and he and he and he was able to to find the a the pockets of space that the, the other players hadn't, and then b to pick out that pass, which shows the importance, doesn't it, of of a number ten, because of kind of replacing Gaston. You probably needed another another attack midfielder when Gaston was here, didn't you? Finding a number ten and wit, so then you've got that alternative option of how you start. Yeah, obviously I didn't see the game, and I've been away. Yeah. Surfing and chilling, and I left you with this explicit instructions not to lose the opening game. So I'm very disappointed, lads. You beat your lads. Uh, I do. Germans. <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting that uh, all the, the bookies' top six failed to win on the opening the weekend. So welcome back to the championship. Yeah. We we know what it's going to be like, and in some ways you think, well, that's a reassuring wake up call. Uh, anyone that thought it was going to be a procession uh, is very much, you know, you know, welcome back to the harsh reality. Uh, I think it is a system in, in transition, but there's still uh, the best part of a month to go before the transfer window closes. Uh, the, the system that they were using, it's the fullbacks that provide the width. And we've got two decent championship attacking fullbacks with, with pace and a willingness to, to get forward. We know what George does. George goes on cavalier and runs and cuts inside and it, despite it being his one and only trick, it seems to work very effectively and that pr- pr- provides an outlet down that side. And I think the early signs are that Christie's got a good attacking intent about him, good, good engines too. And, uh, I, I thought at Mansfield, uh, I know it was a very, very low-key game, but I thought he, he looked very lively down that flank and he, he was linking up very well uh, with, the, with the midfield and, and he looked like he had... You know, work, uh, enterprise about him so I don't think we should worry too much about the width yes probably other players will come in but I think we've got now the the bulk of the squad that we're going to see this season and I think there's plenty of options there 
it's a fine borough tradition not to win on the opening day. Uh, I think it's one in nine, mm-hmm. uh, two in fifteen or something, and and we've seen some classic banana skins on the opening day of the season over the years. So and I don't think we should worry too much about it. Uh, August is obviously is important, but it's a time when we we are gelling. And I, I agree with Phil. I think we were a game short in in pre-season. I think we mentioned that in the the last tribes up before before I left that it did feel like the starting 11 hadn't played a lot of football together obviously we don't know what they're doing behind closed doors they might be playing you know full scale matches behind closed doors every day but uh, it does feel a little bit short but then that's what the first couple of weeks of the season is always like it feels a bit trial and error at the minute doesn't it understandably for Monk and I thought that you made an interesting point Don that I think Patrick Bamford was a big winner from Saturdays that he is I think walked his way into the starting lineup certainly on the next Saturday. He offered something that, that no other borough player did when he came on the pitch and he, he just he drifted between the lines. He used a little bit of nerves, a little bit of kind of positional sense that perhaps the front the front three that started the game struggled with. I think I think Fletcher and Braithwaite they didn't really know where they were meant to be. They were constantly interchanging, but equally they were never in a certain a set position. Bamford just obviously spotted the, the weakness in the Wolves system and plonked himself in the middle of it and then he got the ball and played it through you know, behind the Wolves defence for some belong. That's the first time we saw it and Borough nine times out of ten probably would have scored. So I think Bamford and Sombolonga showed that is a pairing I think going forward that could really work and I'm, I'd be staggered if Bamford's not in the starting line. That was the curveball wasn't it when we saw the lineup that Bamford wasn't in the team because he was part of that front three against Augsburg that looked very effective for, for an hour or so. Um, it did smack a little bit of a manager picking his signings didn't it and obviously we don't see what goes on in training like Vic says so during the week Bamford might have been a little bit sluggish and Fletcher might, sorry, um, Fletcher might have been right, right on his game who knows. Uh, but it, it was a little bit strange because we only been at Borough play twenty four yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game, but I, I just think you know Bamford. Whatever you think, you know whether he's your player or not. You look at his stats and his championship stats. Championship stats are extremely impressive, and he's a clever footballer. Uh, so that was a little bit of a surprise, but the manager's entitled to pick who he wants. A word on Asamba Longer, I thought he, uh, he he reminded me in a good way of Yakubu, mm-hmm. in that when he had the ball, you, you weren't getting it off him. The defenders, he, he kind of did that thing where he, he almost put his body around the ball, didn't he, to keep it. And I think when, you, when you're playing the way Borough are playing and, you, and you're getting the full-backs joining the attack and whatnot, that retention yeah. is going to be vital. And, and for the chance, for the... I mean, Braithwaite made a right mess of that header, didn't he? But for Asamba Longer's chance, he, he didn't do all that wrong, did he? He no. turned, hit it on a swivel with a split second didn't take a touch I don't think Rudy knew anything about the serve no and absolutely and even the one before where we, we looked in real time like it was handball he, it was just a very simple bit of movement from yeah, a yeah, yeah. where he just spanned beyond really clever I thought and I think that Phil mentioned about his work rate as well in one of his pieces and, and you're absolutely right he, he's not the biggest front man and, and some people say that, that small strikers can struggle to play up front on their, their own but I don't think that Long is one of them I think that he, he, sh- he showed enough you know, certainly through pre-season and, and at Wolves that he can make it work up front on his own or which I think would work well alongside Bamford the midfield then that, that didn't Look right again, did it? The no. house, and it didn't quite work against Augsburg, and I felt that was the same at Wolves. I don't think either of those two players have had great pre seasons. You know, I'm, I'm, I've said before, I'm a big fan of House, and I'm not sure that he fits the current system or even the four-two-three-one for that matter. I've made me thoughts on Darun Clear on many tripe suppers. I'm, I'm just not quite sure what sort of player he is. I'm just not a fan. I've got to be honest about that. I think there's a player in there to come out, but um, you know, we go back. You know, we. I've said before that someone like Triori 
in pre-season against Rochdale should look like an absolute world beater. He should destroy those sort of teams. You know, if he's a Premier League player who's been, you know, allegedly linked with Chelsea and he comes through, he should. And it's the same with Darun. If Darun's a Dutch international, and I'm not quite sure that he is in terms of ability, but the facts say that he's a Dutch international. He should be dominating now, you know, the centre of the park. You know, and he doesn't dominate. He goes on runs and he he, he gets caught out. There was, there was a classic example um, in the first half. I forget who it was who he was up against, but he you know he he lost the ball, and then won it back, and then lost it again. And you kind of think it's like he's not the sort of manager you know usually use one of Bernie's phrases. You can hang your hat on. Um, so and those two together haven't convinced. I think that's the area of the pitch. The back four more or less picks itself at the moment. I know Danny had a nightmare with that pass, but the back four more or less picks itself. He needs itself. football, Danny, doesn't he? he hasn't yeah, yeah. I thought he looked undercooked, you know. Um, and, but I was thinking until he made a mistake, he was looking all right, funnily enough. But those midfield positions, Clayton seems to know what he's doing in that role. Uh, he's adapted well to it. He seems to like it. You know, he he, he plays deep. And, and, he, and he's comfortable playing deep and, and switching the two in front all summer for me Housen hasn't looked comfortable and I don't think Darun has either you know it's you know I said I said before the, the, the last match that nine of the 11 players picked themselves for the Wolves game and I, I maintain that those were the two positions I was doubtful about uh, moving forward Vic obviously Sheffield United on on, uh, on Saturday Saturday night that's on the box we were saying that on Friday night Derby and Sunderland have been playing and one of the lads had sent a text when the game was on saying Borough could do with a point here so <laughs> we're already in kind of that territory yeah. in the first weekend of the season it's obviously far too early to be throwing ridiculous uh, statements about what the importance of games but as soon as the fixtures came out you looked at Sheffield and Burton didn't you and Sheffield have started well I think I'd read this morning they're unbeaten in 29 games now but, but you look at those games don't you and you think that's a chance to, to get to get points on the board at home well, well you do and obviously you want to win every game but I, mean, I, don't, I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves I mean, we know what this division's like uh, you're playing against I mean, Sheffield United have just come up they'll be playing on adrenaline there'll be a real buzz they'll bring a lot of a lot of fans with them so I mean there's no easy games in this league we know that and we say it all the time we'll be ringing the cliche yeah, bell there yeah at the it. same time people always say well these are winnable games and there's a strange dynamic about this division in that you know you, you expect to win every every game and there's almost like a hysteria about the, the need to win every game. Yet we all know from bitter experience that that, that stuff, how it works in the championship. And you've got to grind it out. Uh, and these are the kind of, you know, Borough are going to have to find a way not just to be open and expansive and play fluid football and get, that, get the front three working. They're also going to have to find a way of, of organising as a unit and grinding it out physically against teams that are going to try and stop them playing. Which we'll see probably, you would imagine, if not Sheffield, certainly Burton. Yeah. Might be the first time and, and we'll that was the 10 men behind the in, ball. In the, the previous season, that was the downfall. It was the teams that came to mm-hmm. Borough to defend, to frustrate, to, to play deep at the back and maybe nick a point. And they were the teams that Borough struggled against. The teams that came and played more expansive and tried to, to match Borough and play football, Borough were given the space and the time and the opportunity to, to, sh- to show that their quality could count. And the, there's a, you, you need a whole series of skills to get out of the championship. Uh, and one of them is finding a way to beat teams like this. And on paper, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer and the bookies will have Borough as strong favourites, but th- that's not how it works. I remember, I think it was you, Vicky, who did a bit uh, last year or the year before on the old, he always scores against the Borough thing and whether they actually do. 
Billy Sharp's one of those Just names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'd seen this morning that he scored 31 in his last 50. He scored the winner for Sheffield on Saturday. So, so is, is he the pound on the first goal scorer on Saturday night? Consolation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, predictions, we, at the start of every season, we usually do the predictions, don't we? But obviously, because uh, you and John were off it last week, we didn't get around to it. Me and you did the video, Phil, didn't we? You were. Yeah. Just thinking whether we whether we've Borough, got off to a good I had start. Borough Wolves and um, Reading. So I had Chef Wed. So Wolves yeah, obviously starting with a win. Well, I, I think the team that to, to be wary about is Fulham, because just, just before you start, I remember last year we had Hull to go down on. Was it minus ten points or yeah. something from the Premier League last year? So, yeah, so, <laughs> so, we, so we do have to make up for that yeah. somewhat. So, I, I, so I'm think, writing these down. I think Fulham uh, obviously they, they finished well last year. Uh, and they've kept the bulk of their squad and their manager together, which is really important. They've got continuity. They're a season stronger as a as a unit, and I think uh, they're the ones. They're the threat. I think. I think it between Borough and and Fulham uh, for for the top two spots, and then this division this year is incredibly tight. But I mean, I would say that the the, the playoff pack pretty much you know writes itself. Uh, I think Chef Wed will be up there. Uh, although if it goes wrong, I think there could be carnage there, and I think that the manager won't be given a lot more opportunity, having spent so much. Eight or in September, I've I said that. I was, I was surprised he stayed, to be honest. And I like mm. him. I think he's done a great job there, but I just yeah. thought the back end of last year smacked him. I think parting ways. And I think the owners something. came in with high expectations and, and the understanding that if you spend money in this division, you get out fairly quickly. And they're three years into their project, and it doesn't look any any more likely now than it did, did on day one. Mm. Uh, I think Reading will be in the mix. I think Derby will be in the mix. I think Villa will be in the mix. I'm unconvinced about Wolves. I, I think uh, they've obviously brought in a lot of quality, but they're people who don't really know this division. And it's a very, very unforgiving div- division. And I think you, you would worry about the, uh, a lot of the Portuguese players who come in when it gets to December, not just because the, the pitches are getting heavy, but... At that point, they'll be expecting a six-week winter break, and that's when it actually steps up a gear. So I think that's when it's make or break for a lot of the imports. Uh, and one of the reasons why I'm confident about Borough is that they've actually gone out and they've bought, brought in, on the whole, people who are seasoned in this division and have used to playing not just in the championship, but challenging at the top. Very, very important. So that, I think it's the, us- the case of the usual suspects. Uh, but that... that that's my batch. I think the top two, I think Borough will be in top two positions. Um, the team that I, I just had a sneaky feeling, you know, is Norwich. And they just come, I know that they've got a decent point at Fulham on the opening day, and they've got a new manager very much in the David Wagner mould, which is kind of an unknown quantity. But just, they've, they've got seasoned season players at, the, at this level. People like Wes Houlihan, who you just forget about Cameron Jerome, linked with Borough every year, always, always you know, get, gets goals. So I have a feeling that Norwich will be close. Um, I did a, a couple of predictions. I mean, I actually said on Friday that I fancied Johnny Alton to be Borough's player of the season. Now, very early days, and I'm still sticking by that once he finds his position. Um, and I also said that I think Patrick Bamford will outscore us on Bologna. Yeah, season. I was going to say, Phil, Phil Vic, um, three I've got down here. Uh, who do you think Borough will be top scorer? Who do you think will be player of the year? And if you were picking out one dark horse, I, I quite like the look of Cardiff before the start of the season. So I thought they've signed pretty well they've, they've got players now who, who want to knows and, and, and Brentford I think as well although obviously they started the season with, with the defeat who would you go for? Oh, tough in terms of dark horse because there is always one that comes through isn't mm-hmm. there? Um, 
Uh, I might, might have to come back to me on that one. What was the one? Burris top scorer. Top scorer and player of the year, just like John. Yeah, you did it on Twitter, haven't you, Johnny? Yeah. I think I'll go for a Samba Longa top scorer. I think because I think you'd be given the chance to be the top scorer. Yeah. Um, your record signing, your, your, your striker, your, I think. And um, what was the one? Player of the year. Player of the year. Well, if he's, if he's the top scorer, I would imagine it'd be a Samba Longa again. Uh, I, I think it's got to be a sombre because I think they build the team around him and they put the ball at his feet in the right areas and I think he, he's proven in this division that he's got a very high strike ratio so everything about the team is designed to make sure that he, he is the, the smart money choice for that. Player of the year, well, I, I like a grafter. Uh, I, I think Adam Clayton's going to be massively important again because... As we've said, a lot of the times in this division, it's about grinding it out. Mm. And I think he is the workhorse, and I think he will be the unsung hero. Uh, what was the other question? A dark horse. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got to possibly write into all your calculations Brentford, because despite every logical uh, uh, metric, and I know they like using the data and stuff, uh, they finished in the top ten the last three seasons. Mm. And... They're not going to go away. They, they seem to be learning on the job. And although they've never put together a season-long run and shown that consistency, uh, I, I think that, you know, they, they'll be there or thereabouts again. can't Man. believe we've gone 20 minutes in and we haven't even mentioned Sunderland. Is there... Well, that's what I was going to say. That's my, that's my dark horse. Because only, because, only because they've got an incredible record of getting out of the Championship. I know, I know they're a basket case at the moment, but they have been in the past. I remember that season where um, Niall Quinn was the manager for the first four or five games. That was Keno. Yeah, and they lost four or five games mm-hmm. on the spin, didn't they? They got Keno in, and they, I think they won promotion the same season. So they've got, you know, I'm not, you wouldn't put a huge amount of money on it, but they, they have got a remarkable record. And if they get a, a, a bit of momentum going, that's a decent start, one or draw against Derby, given the fact they were stuffed by Celtic, mm-hmm. you know, just a week earlier. Um, they've got a chance of just sneaking in the top six because um, I think Grayson's a decent manager as well there's so many teams isn't there and, and, and it was the same last year who and, and I guess it's the same when you look at the top of the Premier League there's so many teams who if they don't finish in the top six it's been such an underachievement yeah. oh absolutely and you've got to, I think you've got teams like Aston Villa and, and especially Sheffield Wednesday which you touched on that are under big pressure this year to do it because obviously they're, they're approaching the, the kind of the final year of the FFP. I mean, Sheffield have to get in. They just have to get in the top six this year. They have to get up this year and mind the top six. Um, and equally, Villa, I mean, people... Well, Bruce has been calling for it to be scrapped, hasn't he, FFP well, yeah. already, which shows the pressure there. Under. Yeah, I mean, Borough, uh, thankfully, you know, in a, a position where they, they're, they're massively tipped to go up. But equally, you know, should they not go up, they're financially you know, secure, they're stable enough to, to ride that out. Whereas other teams, I think, are, are very much kind of playing for the, the, the future, certainly playing players are because um, yeah some huge pressure on a lot of clubs excellent well thank you fellas thanks for listening and joining us on our first tripe of the season and, and just a reminder that we now do a tripe 2 which goes out on, on Borough Premium sometime over the weekend so keep your eyes out for that before the end of the week cheers